Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we are going to be talking all things YMCA with the executive director of the Hockamock YMCA, Scott Martin. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Jim. How are you? Great. And the associate executive director, Aaron Brennick. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Um, so why don't we start out talking a little bit about the mission of the YMCA for anybody that may may not know. Yeah, the, the, what makes the Y a nonprofit? I think a lot of folks in town know about our Y as a place where their children go to summer camp, do after-school activities, um, have learned to swim. Uh, they get healthy there, both families, seniors. I think a lot of folks think about our why that way. But really what makes us a nonprofit, our mission is to strengthen our community, and we do it by strengthening families. Families at the Y have, have really a great experience uh, through a variety of activities. You've got everything from camps all the way through nutrition, uh, physical fitness. What other types of things does the Y do? You know, I think that um, one of the biggest things that some people don't know what our Y offers is YMCA's. We're one of the largest providers of child care in the state of Massachusetts. Wow. We have a fully licensed daycare center, child care center. Our youngest member is six weeks old. And I, I joke at the Y, our oldest, our oldest member is in their 90s, and our youngest member is six weeks old. So I think a lot of folks, um, we've got a great child care center. And the nice thing about the child care at the Y is they're using our, um, our gymnasium, our outdoor splash park, um, all the things that make our Y great. Uh, to school-age kids, our childcare kids are learning that from the beginning, and we're taking our in-house expertise, like our nutritionists, our sports directors, and at a very young age, we're exposing the kids in our childcare uh, to um, to these activities so they can grow and develop. And, and I think another thing that, that some people might not know about the why is uh, the amount of programs we do, what we call prescription for healthy living. So whether it's diabetes prevention, whether it's cancer survivors, whether it's MS, um, whether it's heart disease, we have special groups groups, special support groups that involve exercise um, and counseling for folks who are going through those very specific issues to help them out. Right, right. And you know, Scott, it's also, it's a great place for families uh, just to join uh, for no other reason, but it's a wonderful place. Um, You've got personal training up there. As you just mentioned, you've got nutrition, Uh, but there's also another element of the why that that makes it so unique and, and such an integral part of this community, and that is the ability for any family, regardless of means, to access the services at the Y. Yeah, that's correct, Jim. I think a lot of folks, you know, that was really at the heart of what makes our Y a nonprofit is we don't turn anybody away based on their ability to pay. Uh, we have a confidential uh, private scholarship program where we will help support families, whatever their needs are in terms of getting them involved at the Y. And what I like about it is it's a confidential process. As executive director, I don't see their applications. When I look at our summer camp, our summer camp has about 450 kids each day at it. I look at that field of over 400 kids, and I can't tell you which ones are on scholarship right. and which ones aren't. But I know that if I look back, about one in five kids that we work with in the summer are getting some sort of financial assistance to be there. And right. it's important for us because if they weren't with these camp counselors who are role models, if they weren't with other kids having fun, we're not sure how they'd be spending their summer. Yeah. And, and what a powerful thing. I mean, in this, in any day and age, um, children left to their own devices typically don't do too well. Mm -hmm. But you have parents that are uh, possibly uh, 
enduring strenuous circumstances financially and, and with maybe two jobs and maybe it's grandparents bringing up children, but uh, the why is there to help provide another extension to that family? And that's really what it is, a family. Isn't that right, Erin? It is. We um, we offer things to kids who, like Scott mentioned, we don't. You know, we are the best place for them, and they come to us, and they don't know where their peers are coming from. And for that day, or that week, or the eleven weeks they're at camp, they are truly equal. They don't know what they're having for dinner or what their family looks like. They truly are equal and swimming together or playing soccer together, not knowing what the rest of their day or week or year might look like. Sure, sure. I want to take a bit of a step back, Scott, and speak to both you and Erin about your personal experience uh, and how you got to the Y. Scott, what about your story? How did you become the executive director of the Y? I was, a, you... I was a Franklin resident. I was a small business owner living in Franklin, owned a small fitness business in, in, in Franklin. Uh, fitness is my passion. And I was looking for something um, different to do other than owning that fitness business. I knew I still wanted to work with fitness. I had two young boys of my own at the time. Being a small business owner, mm-hmm. I was at work consistently all the time. And uh, what a difference it made once I found this opportunity at the Y. Um, I think, you know, what attracted me to the Y was it was Franklin-based. And one of the things I love about the Y is that even though it's an international organization, yeah. Everything we do around our Hockamock area YMCA, so mm-hmm. Hockamock is the Franklin, Foxborough, and North Attleboro Ys, everything we do stays local. Any fundraising I do, none of it goes to our national office. Every single penny I raise when I do fundraising stays in our community. Mm-hmm. And I can look, and part of my job, and what I loved about it is I'm not just working in the fitness world. A big part of my job is community relations mm-hmm. and working and collaborating with other groups to figure out how we can support families and right. how we can support kids. And that was something, as a small business owner, I was so driven by my own personal you know, my, my, my own personal business goals that I really, you know, didn't get involved in the community as much. And now it's totally flipped. Right. The why it feels like a business, but there's such a, um, a, a, a drive for us to meet with the different community groups, form partnerships, and find out how we can share our resources to make things better for local folks. Mm-hmm. How about you, Aaron? How did you get involved with the why? Um, it's the only job I've had uh, 16 years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, I started as a camp counselor thinking I was going to have the summer of my life. And, um, I, you know, I, I was in a different community, um, but same needs. And kids needed us and parents needed us and families needed us. And I couldn't couldn't believe the impact I had as an 18, 19, 20-year-old um, on, a, on a kid or, or, or their parent. And, um, you know, dabbled in a few other areas outside of camp and... As I graduated college, I, I was looking for full-time opportunities in the Y and found them and, and wanted to do more and, and just can't imagine working for an organization that is able to do so much for their community. Boy, that's saying a lot. And, and where did you grow up, Erin? Uh, West Bridgewater. West Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And where did you go to college? Bridgewater State. Bridgewater State. Mm-hmm. So you're very much, you, you've stayed pretty close to home. But yep. I'll tell you what, you can't get a more powerful testimonial uh, and advertisement for the why. 16 years mm-hmm. and you're now the Associate Assistant Executive, executive Director. director. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. Fantastic. Now, I know I, I've been to the Red Triangle Award, I believe is what you call yeah. it, right? And that is an award that, that uh, celebrates a community member who has made an unusual contribution to mm-hmm. the Y or an exceptional contribution. Yeah. Um, I believe I saw Jeff Roy, State Representative Jeff Roy, get it one year. I think Jeff Nutting, mm-hmm. uh, our town administrator, has gotten it. I'm sure there's many, many others. Yeah. I know there are. Um, 
one of the things, and I've also been to your um, to your uh, fundraising breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, appeal breakfast. It's our Reach Out for Youth and Families annual campaign breakfast. Yeah. We typically do it at uh, Gillette Stadium, right, right around St. Patrick's Day. Right. And I tell you what, um, both of these events were fantastic experiences because the impact statements are amazing. Amazing. Are there any that come to mind that you can share? You know, I think one of the, I mean, one, one, they all, they all hit you so hard. Of course. You know, they all hit you so hard because these are individuals, um, they're, they're, their parents, their grandparents, their kids. So, you know, each of them are, are like a distinct memory. But I know one of the families that, you know, I'm really proud that we were able to step in and help. Uh, we were notified by by our state rep, Jeff Roy, of a grandmother mm-hmm. who had recently um, uh, was awarded custody of her grandchild full time. And uh, this person was still, um, this grandmother, she was still working. She wasn't uh, very close to retirement age, but now she had custody of a three-year-old granddaughter full-time she wasn't in a position to retire early and take care of her granddaughter uh, full-time but she wasn't in a position to continue working and afford to be able to pay for child care for eight nine hours a day and um, she didn't know where to turn you know she so she went to um, she she went to Jeff Roy and I want to say that I probably heard from Jeff Roy on a Wednesday Mm. and I want to say that um, I was able to talk to the grandmother and I want to say by that Monday, her granddaughter was in our, our child care program, you know, getting to know the teachers, already starting to make friends. And one of the things that I really pride ourselves on uh, the, the role at the Y Place, we could be the safety net for families in our community. Because so many of us, even in a great community like Franklin, so many of us are, you know, one medical diagnosis, one job layoff. Um, one divorce uh, away from really having the bottom fall out on us. And, th- and that's what happened to this grandmother. And, and you know, Scott, that is such a powerful testimonial. And I know from speaking to Aaron Lynch at the food pantry, Franklin Food Pantry, uh, the need is great. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting, listening to her uh, talk about the statistics in Franklin. And I was blown away at the amount of hunger there is right here in our community. And that goes also for for an organization like the Y. I'm sure at times it's a little stunning to realize the size of the need and the amount of people that need this type of assistance. And and, and people don't necessarily associate that with Franklin. Right. But like Aaron Lynch, we see it we see it as well. And right. it's often these these events that happen. Right. Um, that puts that that takes away that safety net. I I met a, a young um, a young family about a month ago, and they really the young son they really want to move into Franklin, um, bought a house, and now three or four months later, where they are from a cash flow perspective, um, they're cutting back on a lot of things. Sure. It's very simple. But she was looking at me saying, you know, can I come work at the Y? Can I volunteer because I don't want to stop coming here, mm. um, but I can't afford this on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, you don't have to. We can help you. Yeah. You know, we can help you. Let me take these steps with you. I think kind of what, you know, they see at the Franklin Food Pantry, we see as well. Mm. There are families that need help. And thank God in Franklin, there's a number of organizations, whether it's the Franklin Food Pantry, the Santa Foundation, St. Vincent de Paul, mm. uh, the Neighbor Brigade. There is a number of support and resources for people in our community. Mm. Okay. I remind everybody, we're speaking with Scott Martin and Aaron Brennick from the, the Hockamock YMCA. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, 
www.chaptersradio.com. Aaron, um, as you are a former program director for the Y, and you're still very involved with programming, I imagine you had a lot of opportunities to see the impact of your programming on people, on the kids that we're talking about. Any stories stick out to you about uh, over the years about um, yeah. the impact where you can really see the impact of the YMCA? So many, so many. Uh, one of my favorites was a, a project I actually did with a group of kids, elementary school. Mm-hmm. I asked them over a course of uh, one of our sessions, which is six, seven or eight weeks to we started the first week of the session and I asked them by the last week of the session, on their, you know, however they could manage to do it, raise enough money to send um, a kid that they may not might not know needs it, but is probably in their classroom, yeah. their neighborhood, their bus stop, raise enough money on their own to send a peer to a sports class, a swim class. And those middle schoolers or elementary schoolers at the time raised enough money to send 83 of their peers 83. to a program at the Y. Mm-hmm. You know, and and how old again? Middle school? They started, they were like third to sixth grade. You know, I mean, and that's that's humbling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to mm-hmm. think that. Yeah, and, and it was amazing. Your goal setting out was? Ten. As many as they could do. Mm-hmm. Ten. Yeah. Ten. So you're talking about eight times what mm-hmm. you had, had thought of. And uh, these are from kids that understand what it is that these young men and women will be getting when they come to the Y. Yes. So you mm-hmm. talk about another good. Uh, testimonial. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are young men and women that are motivated on their own to want to bring other people into their community. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about collaborating with other organizations, and you mentioned a few. You mentioned uh, um, St. Paul, yeah. uh, and and you mentioned Franklin Food Pantry. You're now working with the Safe Coalition on on hopefully developing some programming for grandparents that are raising mm-hmm. uh, grandchildren, some supportive services, and. In that meeting, in that first meeting, and I can say this now, uh, I was blown away by, uh, you know, we had some some key people in the community that are in positions to know people that are in need. One particular one was a police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was the uh, uh, clerk magistrate at the Rentham District Court who knew of families that were in need mm-hmm. at that moment. And we sat around the table, and I'm speaking now as somebody that was sitting in the bleachers on this one, and I'm watching the collaboration between Aaron Scott and these people that knew of individuals in the community that needed help. And within about 10 minutes, Scott was agreeing to bring these families in, along with Aaron, to bring them in to the YMCA community and avail them of services at the Y free of charge. But it was really remarkable to me to watch the lack of red tape, mm-hmm. how simple this was. And and as a community member, it made me really, really proud that we have this type of a safety net. I don't want it to be the largest kept secret, though. Yeah. So uh, it's important that we talk about it, Scott. Yeah, I do th- sometimes feel that uh, that at the Y, we are one of the, the best kept secrets in town. And, and people do think about our history of where the game of basketball started and sure. you know where we've kind of started swim lessons in the early 1900s to prevent drownings. There are preventable deaths. Um, but one of the things that we really do pride ourselves on is we, at the heart is having relationships with people. And um, if we know of somebody that needs help, we kind of, you know, we pride ourselves. We want to respond within hours or a day rather than weeks and months mm. um, because they've gone through enough as a family. And the children in there 
uh, it didn't have a role in what's going on with this, with what's happening within that family unit. We want to be able to step in and provide some fun, some values-based programming to the kids, but also as parents or caregivers, we want to make sure that they're ha- t- taking care of themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what these families are looking for is a positive environment for them all to do fun things together. Right. And, you know, we're looking to keep kids from falling through the cracks uh, in the school system, socially, and as you know, Dr. Ann Bergen is very, very uh, involved with many, many causes in, in town, but one is the Y and the other one's Safe Coalition. And she speaks often about social-emotional health mm-hmm. in, our, in our children and identifying at-risk kids and uh, coming up with an anecdote to what many kids feel, which is feeling alone and separate from and different from their peers. Um, what, and, and what amazed me, Aaron, up at that meeting was the creativity and the certainty that you all had that you could find a way to solve the problem for these at-risk kids right within the Y by simply bringing them together around a healthy activity like swimming or exercise or, or a camp. Yeah, I mean, if the program doesn't exist, we can usually find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. We, like you said, the certainty, we are certain that we are the place in most of these cases that we're better off. For these kids. So currently we have a junior leaders program, um, middle school age, and it develops leadership skills. But but outside of that, it develops relationships and confidence. And the next stage is the senior leaders club, high school level. And it does the same thing. Can you talk a little bit just to start? I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'd like I'd like you to focus a little bit on that leadership experience. Can you talk about that program? Yes. So they meet weekly um, and the program is sort of, you know, it it builds from September to June. And the first couple of weeks, it's team building and getting to know each other. And then through the course of of their school year, they really get to know their own strengths and when to lead and when to follow, when to speak their voice and when to listen, how to trust others, how to work with others, um, and how to develop confidence in yourself that, that, that helps you to be part of a group like that. I got to tell you what, I could use that <laughs> desperately. And since I'm sitting in front of a microphone, when to speak and when to be quiet, and I just cut you off. So. Open invitation. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron uh, I, I don't need a scholarship, but I would like to participate mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Anytime. Um, that, that is, what a wonderful thing. And that starts at what age? Middle school. So how can somebody contact you to get involved with the leadership program? All they have others? to do is call the Y. Okay, and what's the phone number at the Y? 508-528-8708. 528-8708 gets you into the Y. You can ask for Aaron. Mm-hmm. You can ask for Aaron. Speak to any of staff. Yep. Uh, they will They will get back to you. I can tell you the, the one thing about the Y that I love is that all of the staff, Seems like they have no problem with caffeine. They have plenty of caffeine. <laughs> I've never met a group of more enthusiastic, happy people. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I walked in the other day for a meeting, and you would have thought that I was the Pope, the way I was greeted. <laughs> and I realized, well, I thought it was me. And I thought, geez, you know, this is pretty good. I realized everybody's being greeted like that. Mm-hmm. It is a very friendly, happy place to be. Yeah. We want to be that place. We want to be the best. We, you know, we want to be that best part of somebody's day. Mm-hmm. You know, we know their jobs are probably stressful. We know that they're probably overscheduled as a family. When they have a time to kind of come to our why, we it's part of our culture. We really want this to be right. one of the things that they absolutely look forward to. It's their refuge. It's their peaceful um, time that they're going to get stronger, literally, physically and mentally, and going to build b- strong bonds with their family. That's what we take pride in. And, and what's not to like about that? So I think 
most of our staff, a lot of our staff members were members first. Mm. And they just really believed in what we do. They wanted to be part of it. And they make great staff members. So we do take pride in, you know, the um, the culture that we have at RY in Franklin. Yeah, you should. I'll tell you what, it's a great place. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Scott and Aaron from the Franklin YMCA. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, www.chaptersradio.com. In the 10 minutes or so we have left, I wanted to ask you about something that I observed or listened to the other day that I that I really, uh, it really caught my ear. And that was when young people are at the Y, or old people, it doesn't really matter, they're taken out of whatever community is their context. And they have a new community at the Y. And here's where I'm going with that. If you have at-risk at youth that are used to being labeled as such, and they happen to fit in with a certain group in their school, or maybe they have a common experience, maybe it's grief mm-hmm. or loss in their life, and they're used to being labeled that way, when they come up to the Y, they can form a new group without those labels and enjoy a, a different experience. Does Am I phrasing yeah. that right? Yeah, that's a that's a big part of the reason that we do our, our leaders' programs at the Y instead of at their schools, um, they can step outside of kind of what their what what their peers associate them with and become who they really want to be. Right. Uh, with with peers from other schools or, or other backgrounds. We were talking about the opioid epidemic and parents that have have lost children to this or lost um, grandchildren even to this. Being able to get together with people that have had shared experience, but around an activity that doesn't involve that experience. How powerful to bring kids that are impacted by this together and do just what you said, Aaron, change their context uh, and put them in a group where other kids have a shared experience, but they don't necessarily have to speak it. You know, they, they know about it. Yeah, and I, th- I think that we've had some real success there, um, and, and it's, and it's a, a, different, um, a different part of the community that we help. But the special needs community, we've had a real strong success at our Y, uh, bringing people with, um, you know, with special needs into our programs, but we don't run isolated specific programs for people with special needs. Yeah. We put we have them participate in the same programs and classes with their like-developed peers um, because now they are on an even playing field and they're building friendships where the schools do such a fantastic job of um, having this school day support, but the social aspect of it. And we're finding that the kids who are... Um, you know, the, the, that are developed are, are making these great friendships with the kids who have special needs because there's that shared activity. They're playing basketball together. They're singing a camp song together. And we find that that's the equalizer. They're, they're, it, they're having a shared experience. And now that the past history, the background, it's, it's about what's in the moment right now yeah. is what matters the most. Yeah. You know, I had Tom Angelo in from the athletic director of the Franklin High School, and they have taken that unified basketball team. They now have over 80 participants on that team, 8-0 mm-hmm. on a basketball team. Yeah. They've yeah. got to take four buses or something <laughs> to get them up to, mm-hmm. to locations. But it is that unified concept is bringing together special needs, intellectually mm-hmm. disabled children with varsity athletes Mm -hmm. and playing a unified basketball game and competing against other unified teams. Now, when I was a kid, it was the jocks sitting with the jocks, the Mm -hmm. cool kids sitting with the cool. I couldn't even, I couldn't get it either of those tables. So I was basically (laughs) sitting alone. And then there was, there were kids that that had special needs were all on their own. Mm -hmm. This unification process has grown like wildfire. And it's, isn't it amazing what we can do Yes. with young men and women when we just give them the tools, when we tell them it's okay, when our signaling is positive, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Does that make in a role model type of thing? Yeah, and absolutely. And that's the, the values-based programming that we try to bring is we kind of can facilitate um, some of these activities in a way that the kids are getting to know each other. They're getting lessing out of it, but they're having fun. Right. So it sticks and they're paying attention and they're looking forward to doing it again the following week. Aaron, you walk, work so much with young people. I'm curious about the answer to this question. From your own personal experience, guys that are my age and women <laughs> tend to say, well, kids these days, they're, they're on social media. You know, it's not like when we were kids. We were much healthier. We used to throw rocks at each other. And that was our <laughs> idea of social media. So my question to you is this. What is your view on young people right now and their ability to be socially independent, if you will? It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. I think a lot of it, like Scott mentioned, has started in the school systems. Um, but what what we've seen or the progress we've seen has is just been unreal. My I have an eight year old son, and he'll tell me, "Oh, that boy with the brown hair." Instead of describing his special need, he doesn't even they don't even see that I anymore. Love that. Yeah. yeah, he'll say, "Oh, it was that boy in my class with the brown hair and the glasses, or uh -huh. something like that." Instead yeah. of you know, in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. So you see, you see a, a depth of understanding, maybe more empathy. Mm -hmm. Do you see that at the Y? I do. I, I do. You, we, we are able to reduce our ratios in classes with kids that have some more challenges. So it's 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 a great thing to see that all these kids are working together towards a soccer goal. Um, and you'll see the typically developing kids try to help their peers that need a little support score a goal. They're actually helping this kid on their team or not score a goal. It's, if, it's amazing. If that doesn't develop positive life skills, mm -hmm. I don't know what else would. Mm -hmm. And that's really, it was a clumsy way of asking the question, but that's exactly what I was driving at. I noticed with my own sons, I have a 29-year-old, date myself a little bit, a 27-year-old <laughs> and a 17-year-old, but I did notice, I've noticed a stark difference in the generationally relative to their ability to empathize and relative to their colorblindness mm -hmm. and their mm -hmm. and their uh, lack of homophobia mm -hmm. and, and lack of labeling. Yeah. It's really, really wonderful mm -hmm. and inspiring. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, so in an era right now, in an age where we hear about uh, hate crimes being on the rise, and sadly they are nationally, and so much difference, it's nice to know that there's an oasis that's called the YMCA where people can develop these positive life skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we see that, um, you know, whether it's in our after-school care programs or in that camp environment or just the family activities that we do is that, you know, they are hands-on, they're getting engaged, their creative their creative skills are there. Um, we have a, an outdoor ropes challenge course that we use as part of our camp day and, and, th and with uh, it's something that we provide to the schools um, in our in our in our community. And even something like that being outdoors, climbing, um, doing some of the climbing elements, we facilitate conversations around anti-bullying. Uh, we facilitate conversations around self-confidence. But we're doing an activity that is so fun that the guard is down, they're opening themselves up, and they're unplugged. Right. And because I, and, I, and it's just a fun thing to hear when I walk in to start my day sometimes, and the school bus is already there. They're out on that ropes challenge course, and they're doing the, the team building. They're totally unplugged. They're totally listening to each other. They're learning how to communicate. And... Um, a kid in the woods is still a kid in the woods. Yeah. We just got to put them in the woods. Exactly, right? Right? So rather than belly aching about why these kids aren't doing what we what we think they should be doing, mm -hmm. how about creating an environment, right? Yeah. That's that's positive for this yeah. type of mm -hmm. growth. A lot of your a lot of your campers will come back as employees of the Y. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Yep. How exciting. Yes, it's it's reassurance that we're doing it right. Yeah. 
they they come back for more a paycheck, but they yeah. <laughs> they come back to contribute or to give back what they received. Yeah, it's yeah. It, we have. I couldn't even tell you what the ratio is, but many of our camp counselors were once upon a time campers. Yeah. I just want to ask you both about the best way for people to, where would I find out about the these stories, some of these impact stories? Where would I find the financial in, information about you know, the Y? If they go to our, our website, which is www.hawkymca.org, uh, if you go to our website, you'll see there's a, a section of it that's on our cause. Mm-hmm. Um, our cause is our community. If they go onto that website, there's a chance for them to um, see some of the projects that we're on. Um, they can look up our annual report. Um, there's links there if they want to contact us to volunteer. If they want to donate, there's links there. But our website, Hawk ymc.org is a great place to see it. And we also use our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, if you come visit us, Hawk YMCA on Facebook, you're going to see some of the events, some of the things we're doing uh, in our community within our Y branches. Those are probably the two easiest ways of finding out and, and just visiting us. You know, we have a whole staff from 5.15 in the morning till 9.30 at night. We have staff available to give folks a tour, sit down, have a conversation, and um, come check us out. You are funded by... How are you funded? We are, there's kind of two separate arms of the Y. Our our membership dues, we are a membership organization. Um, our branch in Franklin has uh, almost 10,000 total members wow. at our Franklin Y. Wow. Our, our business, our, the operations of the business are funded by um, our membership dues and the fees that we charge for programs. Our philanthropy is funded by the fundraising. As Y employees, a big part of all of our jobs is being out in the community and fundraising. So our philanthropic is supported by our own fundraising efforts, but the Y programming is based on membership dues and fees. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's the part that I didn't understand until I got up to that donor breakfast is what I'm going to call it at mm-hmm. Gillette Stadium. And with the, between the impact statements and then the ask at the end, which was a no-brainer, mm-hmm. an absolute no-brainer, which is why I'm so uh, caught up on, on getting people this information and having mm-hmm. people explore it, because it really is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to donate to The Wire, if you just want to explore the mission, please go on the website. Uh, take a look at the information. Call Scott or call Aaron. Uh, get a tour of the Y and hear about some of the impact stories and see if you can't get invited to to your donor breakfast, I'm going to call it, yeah. um, because it, and it's around St. Patrick's Day. But it, it it's always a good time to give to the Y. You will hear about the families and, and, and the programming that you are assisting people to get scholarshiped into. You'll understand that you're being part, uh, a good steward of this community that we live in. And who knows? Um, one of us may need this type of help at any time. As you said, we're one diagnosis, one paycheck away. The other thing is, please get up to the Y and join. And who do they speak to about membership? Alana Sanders is our uh, membership representative. And, She's, again, uh, another low-energy person. <laughs> Franklin <laughs> resident, high energy. Um, and, uh, and, our, and our member service desk is fully staffed. Uh, and, and we you know we, we love to meet people. Um, if it's been a while since you've been to RY, come on back. Yeah, Alana's a blast. I saw right. her at Harvest Fest. Uh, yeah. I think you introduced me to her, Scott. She's an absolute blast. Uh, but, again, you will not go wrong by having a conversation with Alana. <laughs> at the very least, you'll come away with plenty of information about joining and a real firm smile. So Mm. um, I just want to thank you both for what you do for the community. I want to thank uh, the YMCA uh, for being such an integral part of what makes Franklin a great place to live in the surrounding areas. And um, I'm really looking forward to working with you both to see about uh, how we can 
uh, foster collaboration between us, the Safe Coalition, and the YMCA, and supporting your mission uh, as we move forward. I, I agree, Jim. Thank you for the time on your on on chapters today, and you know we we are fully invested in helping the Safe Coalition support families going through what they're going through, and um, we'll be there, and then when we're needed, we'll be there. And we're happy to help. So, for my guests, Aaron Brennick and Scott Martin, my name's Jim Derrick, saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and we'll see you next week.